Welcome to Extravagant Joy with Steve Backlund, recorded March 23rd, 24th, and 25th at House of Hope in Cranbrook, B.C. For more information about House of Hope, visit our website at www.ihopecranbrook.ca. to have these people with us today. Um, who has heard Steve speak before? Who's been here? One of the, I, I had to ask, this is the fourth time. Steve has heard Steve speak before. I'm glad you've been paying attention. This is Steve's fourth time in Cranbrook speaking with us, and every time we get something new, and I'm just so excited to be here this morning. I don't think we've had a, a Saturday morning with this many people. This is amazing. I am just so excited that all of you guys came out not only early on a Saturday, but in the snow to join us here today. So thank you. Oh, we do have an offering. Or not an offering. I totally forgot. Whoa, sorry. Um, Matt, come on up. I want to have Matt and Jillian come up. These are our friends from Cochrane. Um, they are fellow, uh, we're part of a revival network called The River. Um, that's where our, Deanne and I were ordained through, and these guys are part of that. And we're also part of the Bethel Leaders Network, and these guys are part of that as well. So they've come down from Cochrane, and uh, they've got a couple of announcements they want to just give to you. And I think Jillian's got a word for, for you all. So take it away. Well, I'll let Jillian bring the word first because that's more important than an announcement. So I just want to bring greetings from Kingsgate Church in Cochrane, Alberta, to the House of Hope in Cranbrook, and just declare that we're, we're family. And the word that I have sort of ties into the word about the redwood trees and the widening root system. Because I, I just want to declare over you as a house that, that it is a fresh and a new season. And that because of your faithfulness to family and because you've been relentless in protecting your value of family first, and that you have not given your hearts over to offense, but because you've kept them pure before the Lord and because you've allowed um, your hearts to love, even when it, the love hasn't necessarily been reciprocated in the way you would look for, God is honoring that. And I believe not only are the walls coming down in your own community, but the walls are coming down across the region and across the nation. And it's the beginning of a new season for the nation of Canada. It's the beginning of a season of connection where there has been isolation and people have stood alone in their communities. God is building his bride and he is connecting her from coast to coast. And so God is declaring over this new season in this house that it's a season of family becoming extended family. And, and for you to know that there's those who are going to be championing, championing, championing you and praying for you and, and standing with you in this next season. And what God can do through that multiplied effect of connection in our nation is going to be dramatic and amazing. And we will tell the stories to our children's children of when God came and what had been small little pockets of isolated fires where we were just trying to keep the embers burning and blowing on it. Through that connection, the fire is going to become a blaze of revival across this nation. So know that the season of isolated fires is over. 
and the season of a great big blazing bonfire burning across this nation is at hand. And so declare it into your situation and your circumstances and your community and reach out with a new sense of optimism to grab the hands that are going to be extended to you, even from unexpected places. Amen. I should really not let her go first, because now what do I say? So I'm going to shamelessly promote a conference that we are doing. Um, My wife and I started or took over the church from my father. He passed it on to us. My dad planted our church in 1980 in Cochrane. And uh, a year and a half ago, we we took the reins of the house. And uh, God stirred up in my heart to open up again conferences in our church. We hadn't had them for some time. And when we, when we came in, God says, you're not just going to be pastoring a church, Matthew. You're going to be pastoring a region. And then God really began to birth a heart for the nation of Canada in me. You know, I'm going to, sorry if there's anybody here from other countries, but I'm really going to promote Canada, just like my wife. We are Canadians. This is our country. This is our nation. And God has a plan for Canada. Revival fires are already beginning all over this nation, as my wife just spoke about. But I am telling you that this revival fire is going to take over our nation. And I believe that the time is now. And so we are starting a new conference that we're hoping to host annually at our church called Awaken the Nation. And we are hosting it this May 4th and 5th. We have Brent Borthwick coming to speak at our church. We have John Laframboise, some of you may know him as John Raz, coming to speak in our church. These are both Canadian men who carry hearts of revival. And I am encouraging you. See, if we're going to see revival break out this nation, it's going to start in the heart of God's people. It won't go out there till it's in us. We have to be burning. We have to be on fire. So we're encouraging people, come on out. Conferences are a vehicle. They are not a be-all and end-all. They are a place for training and equipping and to get the fires of revival lit in the hearts of God's people. So I'm encouraging you, if you would like to come, we're hosting it in Cochrane. You can go to our website, www.kingsgatechurch.ca, and all the information there to register. We're also on Facebook as well if you want to look for us there. But please, we encourage you, if you can, come on out, and let's, let's see the fires of revival just sweep this nation. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So that's great. That's a good opportunity. And they didn't mention this, but the Burn uh, Calgary are doing worship. And if you don't, on Saturday night, so if you don't know who the Burn is, uh, Sean Foyt has an international network of worshipers that they go in and they just, and these guys, I heard them, they're amazing. We're actually hoping to bring them to Cranbrook in, in some point this year to do a worship, just a 24-7, three-day, four-day worship event in Cranbrook or something like that. So... Yeah, does that resonate with you? So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Steve? Guys, Steve, I'm going to turn it over to Steve, and you can do what you want. So give Steve an amazing hand, and uh, welcome him up. Thank you. Good morning. Wow. Good things are happening. King, Kingsgate? Kingsgate. I like that name. Yes, and I'm hearing that your ministry is a combination of David and Solomon. 
a combination. You got the warrior part of you, the fighting, the passion. I'm going to be even more undignified than this part. And you got the structure, the wisdom, the building piece. I just see you guys are a unique combination that you carry. Each of you carries a piece of that in a high level. and It's bigger than you know what you're doing. Thanks for loving this nation. Thanks for partnering. Thanks for proclaiming family. And we're glad you're part of the Bethel Leaders Network. Yes. All right. Well, good morning. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. So thank you, Father. We get to be glad. And here's what I want to do this morning. If you were here last night, in a moment, if you heard a um, phrase that spoke to you, uh, I'm going to have you raise your hand, and then I'll call on you. You repeat the phrase, and or you say the phrase, and I'll repeat it. And those who weren't here last night will be able to uh, just merge into what's going on. Plus, it'll be a great reinforcement. And while you're waiting for that, let me share a great testimony. Um, I was in South Africa in uh, November, and Sana was part of the team. And I, I arrived on Wednesday. I wasn't going to arrive until Thursday, but I arrived on Wednesday, and I asked the, the pastor who was hosting us if there was a place that we could go and minister on Thursday night. And so he had a friend two hours away in a place called Velcom, uh, South Africa. And we show up there, and, and on a Thursday night random meeting, there's about 400 people in there in a very rural church, and God was moving. And we had a powerful service, but uh, the pastor's name was Paul. His dad's name was Eddie, and Eddie was still there. He's kind of like the grandpa of the church, and he told me the story about how his family got into the ministry. Uh, in, in the early 1900s, uh, Eddie's grandfather, Paul's great-grandfather, was a drunkard in South Africa, and he decided to go to a, a John G. Lake meeting. Now, John G. Lake is a great revivalist, and, and so he goes to the meeting, and he has a, a bottle of alcohol in his back pocket in the meeting. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> and in the meeting, he gets radically saved. Just say the words, radically saved. He gets radically saved. Two weeks later, he tells his wife, we're going into the ministry. So he goes into the ministry. His son's in the ministry. His grandson, Eddie's in the ministry. His great-grandson, Paul, is in the ministry. And, and there's a powerful church as a result of something that happened about 100 years ago. Now, I, I was thinking about it. Now, long-term thinkers are the healthiest Christians. Short-term thinkers aren't very healthy. And, and I just... Uh, I see the Lord today releasing grace on you to think long-term like never before. I mean, I, we're talking about a meeting, one meeting that happened about 100 years ago. One meeting. One guy just that's I'm just going to show up at a meeting. And I would say, you know, unless John G. Lake was really seeing completely in the spirit, he might have thought when he saw that guy, uh, that man there doesn't have much potential. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got a bottle of alcohol in his back pocket. You know, he, that guy doesn't have much potential. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. 
Now, you know what I'm hearing, that people in, in, in this room are, are leading meetings and will be meeting, me, leading meetings that uh, people will be talking about 100 years from now. People are going to be talking about your meetings 100 years from now. Yep, turn to your neighbor and say, that's a word for you. I, I'm believing even 100 years from now, people are going to be talking about this weekend. Extravagant joy. He was a, he just decided to show up. She decided to show up at the extravagant joy conference. You know, things weren't really going very well up to that point, and then something happened. Something happened. Thank you, Lord, for, for that. I remember a, a while back I was in a meeting, and I, I gave a guy a mediocre prophetic word from the front. Because a mediocre word, because I, 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 I didn't, I was looking at the situation to my natural eyes. I mean, you know, it's not a good idea. You know, Samuel in First Samuel 16 goes to Jesse's house and sees Jesse's sons and looks at Eliab, the oldest. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Ha, 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 And the Lord says, nope, haven't chosen him. His man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so I give a mediocre word because I didn't want him to get his hopes up too much. Someone say boo, boo, boo. Yeah. Mm -mm. And later on, I find out he's a he's a millionaire. He's doing all the stuff that's influencing people. And (laughs) Uh, and the Lord said, "Um, Steve. (laughs) <laughs> you, uh, have you just learned something? Uh, yes, Lord. Yes, I, I have. And, and so you just, uh, you know, I, I just say thank you, Lord, for us to have eyes to really see. Thank you, Lord, that we don't, you know, that just, just, you're just helping us not see through the natural, but you're helping us see through the spiritual. And, and God, God loves to use unlikely people, places to do great things. So, right, so if you were here last night and you heard a phrase that really spoke to you, raise your hand, I'll call on you, you say phrase, I'll repeat it. Who wants to start that? Yes. The person with the most hope has the most influence. Yep, a chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> Psalm 1611 says, In His presence is fullness of joy. We may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in His presence, but if we're never outrageously joyful in His presence, we may not be as much in His presence as we thought we were. Yes, the lie... That if I, if I make the wrong decision, God will not know what to do. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, that's a good one. <laughs> yep, increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working, that we're actually believing truth. Our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. 
And there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. <laughs> yeah, you got three quarters of it. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and that we have the power to help make it so. That's hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. If our goal is to prevent wildfire, you know, as leaders, you know, and just we'll probably never have the true fire. Joy is one-third of the kingdom, Romans 14, 17. Our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. You can't change your life without changing how you talk. You have to laugh. You have to let go of something. I used the example with my wife, and and I didn't actually finish that example because I got overly excited with you guys last night. And I was saying that if I believe she's wrong, I'm not laughing Because if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. (laughs) But when I finally laugh, I've let go of whatever that thing was. Frustration, manipulation, anger. Because you can't hold hold on to frustration, manipulation, and anger and laugh at the same time. (laughs) You've got to hold on to one, one or the other. Yep, religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection, but family celebrates and becomes joyful with progress. Anybody else hear something? You guys are good listeners. It's very difficult to influence that which you don't have hope for. It's interesting, you know, in Ezekiel um, 37, God asked Ezekiel a question. He showed him a valley of very dry bones, and he said, um, Hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? (laughs) And Ezekiel, he gave the safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be critical of Ezekiel because I'm not sure I would have done any better. But, um, but then God said, "Prophesy to the bones. Speak." He didn't say, "Hey Ezekiel, step aside and watch me prophesy to these bones." Ha ha. He didn't say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take." No, God has to partner with somebody who has hope. God partners with people who have hope. And really what the Lord was asking Ezekiel, he was asking him, hey, Ezekiel, what do you think about the bones? What do you think? 
Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. So it's hard to influence that which you don't have hope for. Whether it's a person, a city. You know, sometimes we're just compelled to want to say negative things. Remember, we're in Nevada. There was a town that we drove through a lot. Um, and, and we just felt this thing. We just wanted to just say something negative about the town. You know, I mean, it is because both God, God, both God and the devil need our words to accomplish their wills. And so we're compelled, ah, this, this place is just uh, going, going down the tubes. That place is, oh. you know, just, that, that's why, you know, we, we're, we're compelled to say things like, this place is hard for the gospel. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. I remember, you know, when I was going after beliefs and the... Lord took a phrase out of Genesis 6, 3.11, Genesis 3.11, where God asked Adam, who, who told you that you were naked? And he took the phrase, who told you that, and began talking to me. So I would say this, I do not have the gift of healing. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Holy Spirit said, who told you that? Mm, that's a good question, Holy Spirit. Let me think. Probably not you. I know who told me that. My past told me that. My past told me I do not have the gift of healing. Well, Steve, why do you call yourself by your past rather than who I call you? Uh, Well, Lord, the reason I call myself by my past rather than who you call me is because all the other Christians around me do it, and I thought I was supposed to, too. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha. I would say, I am a disorganized person. Let's laugh at that. Uh, Somebody need to give an extra laugh on that one. (laughs) Holy Spirit said, who told you that? Who told you that? My wife. (laughs) No, my past told me. My past told me I'm a disorganized person. So that's why I say I'm a disorganized person. So, wow, Steve, we've got a pattern here, don't we? You like to call things by the past and give identity from the past, and I like to call things by their future and give identity based on their future. I thought you said you wanted to be like me. Oh, well, Lord, I thought being like you was just acting like you, not thinking like you. Uh Uh-huh. I want to start a whole new movement, WWJT. What would Jesus think? I would say this. This area is hard for the gospel. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Who told you that? Who told you that, Steve? Wow. The past. A couple prophets mentioned it, too. Ha, ha. Prophetic ministry is not primarily diagnostic. The purpose of prophetic ministry is not to diagnose somebody's past or a, or a region's past. Now, we may, 
we may have a word of knowledge about somebody's past that will release faith. There's people like Sean Bowles and others who are giving, uh, you know, street addresses, phone numbers, you know, other things. That's not the prophetic word. That's a word of knowledge to build faith for the prophetic word. And then, so, but I remember one location I was at, um, somebody said every time a prophet comes through here, <clears throat> they, they prophesy how oppressed this area is. That's a bummer. That's a bummer because if we give identity to our region or people, our family, uh, ourselves based on the past, that becomes the stronghold. That's the stronghold. Now, we don't deny the past. We just don't get our beliefs out of the past. We don't deny, oh, man, it's, it's been hard. But this place is easy for the gospel. I used to say this all the time. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. used to say it all the time. The Lord says, how come you say that, Steve? So, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you that I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. (laughs) That's why I say it. And he said this, he said, Steve, that's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because you actually renew your mind. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Current, current mind renewal creates future experience in the positive and the negative. So whatever I believe to be true, if I, I, if I renew my mind with that, I'll actually transform my future into experiencing it. He says, it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because you have faith for attack. You have faith. You actually have faith for attack. You believe, you believe attack's coming. And, and, and you create, Steve, unnecessary spiritual attack based on your bad beliefs. There's enough challenge in life anyway, let alone adding unnecessary challenge based on bad beliefs, bad doctrines. He said, how come you talk more about the attack of the devil than my protection? Because whatever you talk about a lot, you'll see more of. Whatever you talk about a lot, you'll see more of. Because... The Bible says our words in James 3 are like a bit in a horse's mouth and and a rudder on a ship. So words become directing agents of our life. Whatever I talk a lot about, I get pulled towards. So I talk a lot about the devil's attack. I get pulled towards more attack. See, I told you so. It's true. I think I'll write a book about it. So true. You know, 
we don't get our, we, we get our identity out of who God says we are. I'm a protected person having an attacked experience, but I'm a protected person. I'm an organized person having a disorganized experience. Uh-huh. But I am an organized person. I'm a prosperous person having a poverty experience. <laughs> I'm in a revival city having a non-revival city experience. As Romans 4.17 says, calling those things that are not as though they are. So they were. It says this, God gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. How, God, how, how dead-looking things come alive versus someone to say it's actually alive, having a dead experience. Who told you that? I mean, that's one. I, I, just, I just released that question over here. Who told me? Holy Spirit, when we say things that, about ourselves, you know, Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I love to listen to me. I love to listen when I say I'm not good at something or, or if, you know, whatever. I, lo- I love to listen to that. Who told you that, Steve? Who told you that? Yeah, so, Father, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for going after beliefs. Is there anything else somebody heard last night that you want to, you didn't have a chance, that you wanted to make sure got shared? All right. You guys ready to go a little deeper? This, I'm excited about what's going to happen now. Something's going to happen. There's people in this room who are going to get launched. <laughs> you know what gets me so excited? Is that nobody's past can stop them, but current beliefs can. I get excited, you know, because I get in a, I get in a room full of people like you, and I know God's an equal opportunity God. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't predestined anybody here for mediocrity. And, and, you know, and, and all of us, all of us, I believe, are going to get powerfully benefited. But there's going to be some of you that something is going to happen to you. It's going to change your life forever in the meeting today. So you, it's just their light bulb, boom, I got it. I remember when I, when I just, you know, got the revelation. I've been lied to. Man, I thought it was me. I thought it was God's preordained plan that put limits on me. Thought it was my past. Thought the devil was the problem. Thought I was, you know. And then, no, I said, I've been lied to. And, and, and just something happened. You start, so you start getting hope. And there's a, there's a Bible character I want to I refer to today that when I think about his life, it gives me a lot of hope. His name is Gideon. Gideon had a life-changing experience. Gideon rose out of just impossibility, being on the least likely to be a great leader list, and he rose up, boom, and saved the nation, and saved the nation. God's plan is always a person. 
God's going to save America, going to save Canada. It's always people who are on assignment. And, and he, always, he always calls people to do what they don't think they can do. You got a habit of doing that. You, say, yeah, you do it. I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Go. You're qualified. I don't feel qualified. You're qualified. <laughs> so it's a very dark time, nation of Israel. Midianites oppressing Israelites. Economies um, in shambles. Uh, fear. Negativity. They cry out to God. Verse 12, Judges 6, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Notice, notice he, this angel's prophesying. He's calling him by his future. He's giving him identity. He's telling him who he is. Now, we'll read this. Gideon's a, a mighty warrior, indefinitely a non-mighty warrior experience. Lord is with you, mighty warrior. By the way, the most powerful prophetic words have clear identity statements in them. Because it's very difficult to do what we don't believe we are. If we try to do something we don't believe we are, we're in disunity with ourselves. If I try to act righteous, but I believe I'm a sinner, I'm in disunity with me. And I've got to actually believe I'm righteous. Because if I, if I believe I'm a sinner, I'll sin by faith. Ha <laughs> ha. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. He must have been from Texas. He had good manners. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha uh ha. -huh. Uh -huh. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned him. Man, this goes from one level. Angel, now the Lord, he's, he's talking. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Turn to your neighbor and say, go in the strength you have. Let's laugh at a lie. We laughed at a lot of lies last night. Let's laugh at this lie. Um, you, you should wait to have more strength before you go. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Let's give an extra laugh at that one. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me, my Lord. But, but how, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered and said, I will be with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord will be with you. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, and, and leaving none alive. And 
um, it, it, it goes on. And, you know, most of you know the story. If you haven't read that, it's just a powerful story of, of Gideon's progression of hearing what he thought was a ridiculous word. This is ridiculous. This angel's GPS system must be off. This angel must be new in angelic prophetic ministry. Moving from the ridiculous to the fully convinced. Now, that, and, and it's an interesting story how he got there. And he got it so much that, that he, he believed it so much, he had negative church growth from 30,000 down to 300. And he still believed they could do it. When you, when you get convinced, you don't need a lot of people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's a great story, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's so good. You know, and, and, you know, Gideon, okay, he heard something that sounded ridiculous. Now, let me say this to you. The most important words you and I need to hear will sound ridiculous when we first hear them. The most important things you need to... I said last night, we've got to hear something higher than what we're experiencing to experience something different. Now, Gideon heard something higher than what he was experiencing. And, and uh, you know, he, he thought, wow, this, this can't be true. Now, sometimes when we release words over people and, and we'll share a word, we'll ask the, the question to the person, um, does this word make sense? Yep. Just, hey, you know, we're kind of fishing around trying to get some feedback. Um, <clears throat> you know, does this word make sense to you that I just released? Can you imagine the angel telling, asking Gideon that question? Hey, uh, Gideon, does this word, mighty warrior, and you, saving nation, make sense to you? He would say, no. That's ridiculous. Uh, 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 and let's, let, let's laugh at this line. If a word is truly from God, the moment it is heard, it will make sense. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, If we're only prophesying things that make sense, we're not prophesying high enough. I mean, Gideon, I'll say it again. God's saying things to all of us that won't make sense. If what we're hearing is not laughable, we're not hearing at a high enough level. I mean, Gideon, he, um, I can, you know, imagine this. um, Let's say it. Matt, you and I are Gideon's friends, all right? Let's say you and I are in the wine press, and, and we, we hear the angel saying to Gideon, mighty warrior. I would have turned to you, Matt, and said, hey, uh, Matt, um, angel just gave bad word. Because <laughs> you, you, you and I, we, we know Gideon, and we've been friends with him for years. And I mean, 
Gideon has so many issues, his issues have issues. Ha, 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 That can't be true. I mean, that, that's just, uh, we, we really know him. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got this spirit of fear on his life. He's in here hiding, you know, in a wine press threshing wheat. And, um, you know, we, Matt, you and I, we know that God would never pick somebody who battles fear to do great things. Ha, ha. And um, Matt, you know how he's bitter at God? He says he's always just proclaiming God has abandoned us. <laughs> you know, he's got this bitterness issue. And we know that when somebody becomes bitter at God, they are permanently put on the shelf. <laughs> and they, they will never, they will never, ever be called from the, by the Lord to do great things. You, you, we know that. Yeah, well, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and um and uh, Matt, you know how he's always complaining about the family he was born in? He's always telling us that if he would have been born in a better family, he could really do something. You know, he's saying he's a victim of a bad family. And, and but, but we we agree with that. We know that God only uses people who come from good families. <laughs> I look at Gideon. By the way, unless we've been radically renewing our minds, we don't know ourselves. We don't know other people. We just know people's past. There's no people's past, and you know, if, if, if that if that's how we're if that's how if that's how we think, if we just think through the lens of the past, we're the problem. We're the stronghold. It's not the devil. It's us. And and, and that's why you know. The, you know, this story, to me, just encourages me so much because, again, I look at Gideon. All of us are kind of like Gideons, aren't we? I mean, there's maybe full-fledged Gideons in the room. But every one of us has a part of Gideon in us that God's telling us, it's you, it's you. Well, that can't be me because, you know, I've got, you know, we, 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 we bring up our reasons it's not us. Failed too much in the past, not smart enough, don't know the right people, not anointed enough, too many family issues, uh, not enough money. Uh, just uh, but let's just laugh at all those, by the way. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we come up with, with that. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that Gideon, how many, I love, you know, how many you know in this room, if you had a, the proper radio receiver, you could tune into various radio stations. They're, they're here. You can't see it, but, but they're here. And, and, you know, I rent a lot of cars and traveling, and sometimes when I rent a car, I, uh, I'll turn the rental on, and there's a radio station playing that I do not like. You know, what would you think of me if I said, oh, bummer, now I have to listen to that station on this whole trip? You know what you'd say? You'd say, you don't have to. Change the channel. Change the channel. You, you, Steve, you're powerful. You can, you're powerful. You can actually decide what you're going to listen to. 
Gideon, he was this, you know, how many know in this room, there's all kinds of spiritual channels that, that we can tune into? There, there's, the, uh, there's the you are who your past experience says you are channel. Can we listen to that channel? That sounds really true. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tune into that. That's not, oh, that's true. Yes, amen. Or you, can listen to the, or you can listen to the devil's accuser of the brethren channel. You know, where he's, he's just accusing you. Know, I, I, I tune into that every once in a while, you know, because it sounds so true. You know, you're, you're a failure. You're never going to change in that area. There's something uniquely wrong with you. You don't you just put other people have greater gifts than you. He, you're, he focuses on who we're not rather than who we are. That we can listen to that channel. How many know we can listen to that channel? We can listen to the unworthiness channel. We can listen to the victim mindset channel. I am a victim of what other people, the devil, my past nation is doing. That channel, that, I, I tune into that channel every once in a while. Now, Gideon, <laughs> by the way, I'll, I'll tell you, here, here, I have a theory how you know you're listening to the wrong channel. If whatever channel you're listening to in the spirit doesn't give you hope, I say change the channel. Now, Gideon, he was listening to the wrong channel. He was, he was, he was, he was listening to the I am a victim of a bad family channel. He was listening to the God has abandoned us channel. He, he, he was listening to the there are no more miracles channel. <laughs> and all, all of it was reinforced by past experience. And, and the, 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 the angel basically said, Gideon, change the channel. Change it. I want you to uh, listen to the... Uh, Go in the strength you have channel. I want you to turn to the you are a mighty warrior channel. I want you to actually believe something different about yourself that gives you hope channel. To change the channel. Abraham, he was listening to the you are too old channel. Let's laugh at that. God said change the channel. Listen to the you are the father of many nations channel. Listen to the, my promises are true over you channel. Moses was listening to the no one will listen to me channel and I can't talk very well channel. God said change the channel. And, and it's, you know, you go, you go into um, extravagant joy. You go into extravagant joy, and uh, most spirits of heaviness, depression, discouragement comes from believing lies. They're not circumstantial. They're not physiological. They're they're belief systems. And, And so when we actually understand that we have the power to change the channel, just say, I can change the channel. When we actually... When we actually get that, then, then we, 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 we begin to get empowered. You know, sometimes it doesn't feel like I can change the channel. But I can. And, and I love this story about Gideon because he, he moved from a place where his goal was, he was in the wine press threshing wheat, 
he moved from a place where his goal was, I don't want to move backwards anymore in my life. I don't want to lose anything more. I just want to, hopefully I can stay right at this level, and I'll call that success, which, which I've been there. Survival. If I can just survive, woohoo! But But God had such a bigger plan for him than survival. And God, God's got a bigger plan for you than survival. And so many of you are, are past that. But some of you, you just, you're in Gideon's place. And, and, and I just want to speak a word over you and tell you that you've got what it takes. You got what it takes. Say, I got what it takes. And, and, and this Gideon... This Gideon piece is is so good, and you know I want I want to just just add something to it that ties into what I was sharing yesterday about celebrating progress and not perfection. You know, it may I I don't stay constantly euphoric. That may surprise you. My my goal is to make my low places higher and not stay as low. I used, to, I used to go this low and stay two weeks. Now I just go this low and stay two days. Yes! I celebrate progress. Woo! I'm growing. I'm growing. Now, I shared an example yesterday about a toddler learning to walk and talked about how under a religious mindset, a parent would say, if a toddler's trying to walk and falling down, the parent would say, it's obvious you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, it wouldn't be so hard. And, and so much, one of the reasons, in my opinion, there is not extravagant joy in our lives is that we don't understand the process of growing into our gifts and growing into what, what God's called us to do. Now, I want to use an example. I, I, I'm an American football fan, and when we lived in Nevada uh, in the 90s, I became a fan of the, the college in Reno, the University of Nevada, the University of Nevada Wolfpack. Now, the Wolfpack, for years, had been in a division in the United States called 1AA. It was one level lower than the highest schools, the, the best schools. And so they were a division lower, and they, um, they were very successful. Then they made the decision to go up to Division One. And when they made the decision to go up to Division I and they started playing better teams, guess what happened to them? They were, not, they were not outwardly successful. They began to lose. And they began to lose bad. And their weaknesses were exposed. At a lower level, their weaknesses were not exposed. They come up, whoo, we are slow. Woo, we're not strong enough. 
Woo! We, we, we need to get better skills. And, and, you know, the thinking is, is that maybe, wow, maybe we should reduce our team. Maybe we should go back to uh, the level where we don't experience failure and where we don't have the light shined on our weaknesses. Now, so they're, they're competing, and, 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 and they're getting a little better every year. They, how many know if you hang out with eagles long enough, you become an eagle? Thank you for that. The comment was made from the front row. Same goes with turkeys. <laughs> Are there turkeys here in Cooney? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you for that side note. <laughs> so they, they kept competing. They stayed at it. I go to a game in, in the 2000s, and they're, they're playing a team called Fresno State. And Fresno State, the week before, it almost beat the number one team in the whole nation at Division I. So Fresno State is ranked as one of the best teams in the nation as well. They come in to Nevada and play the lowly Wolfpack, favored greatly. I'm at the game. And, and just to make a long story short, I've got good news for you. The Wolfpack won. And it was one of those wins where you actually said, okay, they belong now. They belong at this level. And, and I was driving home. I was pastoring it in Weaverville, California. I was driving home that night, and I asked the Lord, um, what did I just see? And he said, Steve, I want you to be a, a Division One. That's what they moved up to. I want you to be a Division One leader leading a Division One church. And I want you to be a Division One Christian. I want you to go up a level. And I want you not to be afraid of, of, of apparent failure and the exposure of your weaknesses. I want you to understand that's going to happen, and I want you to be okay with that. And I said, wow, you know, that, that's, that sounds really good, you know. Oh, yes, amen, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, I'm going to go up to Division One. Yes, amen. It does. And, and, you know, you go up and you just, because how many know if, if we're going to lead a, a Division One church, you know, actually you're going to believe people are going to be healed. You actually believe people are going to get delivered. You actually believe people's homes are going to be, uh, you know, restored. Actually, going to believe people in, in your ministries are actually going to go out and change the world every every sphere of society. How many of you know when you actually say this is this is this is where we're going to live? How many of you know that that increases the likelihood of apparent failure? I sometimes wish I could just you know I was pastoring. I wish I could just be a, I could lead just a division three church where we have no expectations whatsoever. It's a good meeting if nothing went wrong. Yeah, a good meeting. The, the overhead projector person had all the right words up there. That yeah. <laughs> the heater was at the right temperature. 
Nobody got upset. Yeah, you know, just preach a, a you know, 15-minute sermonette, kiss a couple babies at the end, eat fried chicken, and go home. <laughs> we are successful. We're successful. Nothing went wrong. No, you start, you start, you start saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live at this level. Man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, unless you actually celebrate progress and you understand progress, you're going to be a depressed person. You're, you're going to create, oh, you know, things aren't going to happen. People weren't here. That, you, know, you know, just that things aren't moving as fast. You know, we're doing something wrong. Let's just go down. Let, let's lower our expectancy so we won't be disappointed. And, and, and I'll say this. Um, first of all, I'm in, I'm in the room with a bunch of Division I radical Christians. I am, because you wouldn't be here on a Saturday morning. You're, you're not here just to get a check mark after your name. Yes, amen, I went to church this week. I am a good Christian. Uh-huh. No, you're here because there's something on your life. And, and, and you just, just go, go on up a level in, in whatever that means to you. It's a... I'll say this, those who succeed most also seem to fail most. Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. Winston Churchill said this, he said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. (laughs) Winston Churchill said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. I used to, you know, not fail that much. And then the Lord says, but you're not doing anything. Not doing anything. And I remember, I, 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 probably, I probably fail more than almost anybody in this room. I mean, each week there's things, oh, man. <laughs> I would have been done differently. Oh, no, I forgot about that. Um, remember one, one of the books we wrote, um, we, we misspelled, we misspelled the word forward. You know, it's really big. You open the book, probably about third, fourth, fifth page, you know, forward of book, you know, and we spelled it F-O-R-W-A-R-D instead of F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D. And, and so we didn't notice, I didn't notice that. And someone comes up to me and says, Steve, well, I want to just let you know you misspelled this word. I'm so sorry. Ha, 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 Well, you know, um, yeah, I didn't like it, but I, I wasn't that sorry. I said, at least we're doing something. We're doing something. We're, try- we're trying. I mean, the first book I ever wrote was Igniting Faith in 40 Days, and, and we've redone it since. But I, mean, I look back on that book. It had a bad cover. It was like it was a book that Wendy and I just created out of our garage. <laughs> there, were ty- there were typos in it. They got a couple, a scripture verse, you know, wrong. And uh, but that book changed the world. And that book, I got, I got, you know, I got uh, 
you know, things, uh, someone out of Nepal, you know, so my book somehow got up in the Himalaya mountains area, and their missionaries getting radically transformed by that book. That I look back at it, and I, I felt a little shame. I mean, I felt shame because it wasn't as good as I thought it should be. And, and, and the Lord just, because perfectionism robs people from giving God something to work with. Perfectionism, I mean, it's just, you know, people wait. You say, they, they, well, there's a book, do a blog, start a business, you know, do a CD with music, uh, you know, whatever it is. Wow, you know, uh, the, the, the spirit of perfectionism just keeps people from actually doing what God's called them to do. You know what's happening in this meeting? The Lord is delivering people from perfectionism. People are getting delivered. And extravagant joy, if we don't enjoy the journey, if we're so perfectionistic, and I'm for excellence. The difference between excellence, perfectionism is an attitude where you're, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. I can't, you know, whatever we do, it's not good enough. But excellence is an attitude I'm going to keep getting better and better, and I'm going to celebrate as I keep getting better. But I'm not going to wait until I'm perfect before I give God something to work with. You get that thing in you, you can get extravagant joy because you actually enjoy the process. Whoo! Someone say freedom. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think you needed to hear that. You know, one of the, um, one of the ways we can tell that we're believing a lie is not only in any, any area where we don't have great hope, that area is under the influence of a lie. Another way... Uh, that we know we're believing a lie is that if we, if we wouldn't counsel somebody else with it, we can't counsel ourselves with it. If you wouldn't say it to somebody else in counsel, it's illegal for you to say it to yourself in self-talk. You wouldn't tell somebody else, you're, you're just stupid. You wouldn't. You can't say it to yourself. You wouldn't tell somebody, there's something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> it's illegal to tell yourself that. You wouldn't tell somebody, this area of your life is never going to change. It's illegal to tell ourselves that. So as we just say extravagant joy, it's part of extravagant joy is getting over perfectionism, changing the channel. If what we're listening to is not giving us hope, we may not know what to listen to, but that's, that's the wrong channel. So, you know, I can't listen to that. Getting our beliefs not out of our past. 
Who told you that? Who told you that, Steve? Getting our beliefs not out of the past, but out of what he says. And keeping an identity in the Lord. I'm a high-level influencer having a non-high-level influencing experience. Keeping our identity in him. And it keeps, it keeps us in a place of actually working with God instead of for God. Now, just before I close, and, and any of the team members who feel like you want to add something to this, I'm going to give you guys a second if, if you, or a few minutes if you would like that. But while we're, while we're waiting for that, um, why don't we just laugh at just a few lies again today? You guys good? All right. Um, let's laugh at this lie. And, and you have to wait until I finish the lie. You'll, you'll be tempted to jump the gun on this one. So just, just exercise self-control. <laughs> you, you are who your past says you are, not who God says you are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But let's just try that one again. And I want you just to laugh a little louder than you were planning. You are who your past says you are, not who God says you are. Ha, 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 How about this one? Um, you, you cannot be joyful until you are perfect in every area of your life. Ha, 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 How about this one? If you fail... It means that you are a failure. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. You should reduce your life down to a level where you do not experience much failure. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. You are not a division one Christian. Ha ha. You do not have the right personality to be joyful or to laugh much. Ha ha. <laughs> I'd bless the third row over there. <laughs> you are an insignificant person in the body of Christ. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha Things are only going to get worse in your life. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. You know what's so fun about putting language to lies is that it actually it starts to disempower us. There's so many of the lies I don't even know. I don't have hope. And I'll just close with this because really our, our message, our, my message is five steps. You notice where you note areas where you don't have great hope. You know that's under the influence of a lie. Secondly, you put language to the lie. 
you're able to put language to the lie, it starts to take it out of darkness into the light. Then you laugh at the lie. It starts to disempower it. And then you ask the Lord, what's the truth that's going to make me free? And then finally you get the truth in your mouth. Because faith comes by hearing, and i got to hear something higher than I'm experiencing. You guys receive this word? If you receive it, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me. It was supernatural. It's going to increase, and it's going to influence nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Yay. Any of you guys got something? Kaylin, you got something? Come on. Yeah. Um, I felt a lot of power when Steve said that God has a bigger plan for you than just survival. Um, and I, I hear him actually releasing a grace to step up into the next level where you're not just surviving, you're thriving. And I believe this conference is actually, like, kick-starting you to um, moving beyond survival and, like, genuinely enjoying every day. Yeah. Stay here. Yeah. If that – now, what's the phrase again? Uh, God has a bigger plan for you than just survival. If, if you just sense wind on that when that was said, just, just stand up. And, and I believe – why don't you just pray over them in that – yeah, this is a this is a powerful. I think you, you looks like you tapped into something. <laughs> Papa, I thank you so much um, that you're here in this conference. I thank you for your excitement over these people. Mm. And we just welcome in that grace to enjoy, um, that grace to rest, and to thrive. And, Papa, I ask that you show us the next steps in this process of stepping into thriving. And I thank you for these specific people that came here, that they will actually be starting um, rolling a big stone that will be impossible to stop, that this, this joy in their life, this, this momentum in their lives will not be stopped. Lord, I thank you for what they're bringing back to their families, and I release joy. I release freedom and realignment and momentum over each one of these people and their families. And say, I receive that. Amen. Thank you. Great job. You guys good? You know, the thing about Gideon, and I love love what you did there, and um, Gideon, he he got a seed in a, in him, and it didn't seem like it was significant, and it actually seemed like it just bounced off him. But a seed got there, and it began to grow, and it began to break up the stronghold. Kind of like a seed that gets into a, a, a crack in a sidewalk and a tree grows and it breaks the sidewalk. And I just see that imagery in lives here this morning, a seed. And like when you say, I receive it, 
and you actually said, I receive it, something happened. You might say, well, I didn't feel it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you say, I receive it, you come in agreement with something that God's doing that's way bigger. And, 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 and what I'm seeing is that that seed is literally, it's just, and some of you already had the seed, and this is a major watering thing. You're getting miracle grow put on the seed. It's already been there. And, and it's just, this, this is like, it, it's going to grow. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to break off agreement with, with negative past experience. And I see there's people in this room, you, you're going you're gonna to go throughout the whole world demolishing strongholds in people's thinking. You're going to go through the whole world. Some of you are actually going to go there. Others of you are going to use technology to do it, but you're going to go into the whole world to do it. And, and, and some of you are going to do it through your prayers. Some of you are going to do it through your faith. You, you're, you're, there's going to be something. You're going to go into the whole world to do it. And, and, and I just see there's, there's people with um, Internet skills, and some of you are going to get skills that God's giving you or has already given you a creative idea that's going to have a massive evangelistic effect of people in this room. And, and, and I'm hearing this, that, that one idea is going to change everything. One idea is going to change everything. And when you open yourself up to hope, when you open up yourself to hope, you become a magnet for ideas. You become a magnet because God always has a solution, and he's looking for someone who's childlike enough, foolish enough to actually believe there's a solution for impossibilities. And when he finds one, boom, the idea comes. And do not despise the day of small beginnings because every great thing has a small beginning. Every great, everything started with an idea. Someone just thought something, someone just, just and, and, started, and started moving forward. And there's young people in the room. There, there's people under the age of 25 in the room who the Lord is actually, uh, he, 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 he's supernaturally imparting to you uh, a hope that, that is beyond anything you've had before. And you're to lead a generation out of, um, out of pessimism, out of victim mindsets, out of entitlement, into, uh, in, in, into massive forward movement. It's a good day. It's going to be a great afternoon meeting, by the way, this afternoon. And then tonight, I'm actually, I'm actually a little worried about tonight. <laughs> little worried. Yeah, I mean, just concerned. Because you mentioned last night designated drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Is there like, is there Uber and those kind of things here? There's taxis. There's taxis. We're thankful for that. Yes. And there's others, you know, you might want to bring somebody with you, you know, and just have them, you know, either down in the basement or (laughs) so they won't get too close. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. And uh, again, this afternoon, the team's going to be doing a lot of things this afternoon. And and it's just just to have them break off part of their life for you. It's just going to be so good. All right. Bless you. Pastor, anything else? We good? All right, so why don't you stand? Someone say glory. glory. Someone say fire. fire. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No, limits. no limits. 
Yeah, Lord, just thank you for just a, a, an impartation today of unreasonable optimism and, and, and extravagant joy in our lives. Ha, bless our lunchtime. Bless the session this afternoon, the session tonight, tomorrow. And we thank you. This is a revival region, important in worldwide revival. Amen, amen. You're dismissed.